Hello, Georgia, and hello, Metro Augusta. This is Janice Allen Jackson welcoming you to the April 19th edition of Local Matters, a show designed to make you a more confident voter and a more engaged citizen. Today's show is brought to you as a service of my consulting firm, and that is Janice Allen Jackson and Associates where we proudly provide services to local government and nonprofit organizations. If you have not already, please go to Facebook and follow the Local Matters Podcast of Georgia. Also, we're asking you and reminding you of an event that takes place on Thursday, April 20th at 6 p.m., it is at Payne College in the Gilbert Lamboth Chapel, and it is a community forum on policing. Our panelists will include representatives of the District Attorney's Office, the Richmond County Sheriff's Office, and others to discuss our rights and how policing can work in the best interest of people of color. Again, Thursday, April 20th, 6 p.m., Payne College Chapel. And yours truly will be moderating that session. Today, however, our guest is Joseph Turner, and we're going to cover a number of topics to include our favorite aspects of being city managers and city administrators, why there is so much short-term thinking in government, and how government has become more complex over the years. So I hope you enjoy today's discussion. Local Matters family, today we have an interesting treat, and that is not just one city manager, but two city managers on one call. Um, my guest is Joseph Turner. He is the administrator of South Hutchinson, Kansas. Did I get yes, that right? Yes, All right. And I encountered Joe via LinkedIn as the world works today on, via social media. You find people that you have common interest with. Uh, and we found each other because he has a page devoted to what he has termed the International Brotherhood of City <laughs> Managers. <laughs> How are you doing today? I'm doing good, ma'am. Doing great. Uh, we, uh, city managers, we need some representation out there. We need a lot of representation out there. And it is very interesting that you've tried to do that because I think historically we have been so genteel slash professional uh, slash stoic. Um, we have not done a very good job of getting across how the working conditions for city managers really aren't great. So, no. um, and that's one of the reasons that yours truly is, is calling herself a recovering city manager is, you know, I've, I've done some interim stints, but I don't like really plan to do it permanently uh, unless some just wonderful opportunity crosses my way because the professional has just changed so much. So we're going to have a wide ranging conversation today that I think will be interesting to folks who are in the profession, as well as for folks who are just routine uh, people, everyday citizens who want to know more about the world of what happens in a local government. So thanks so much for agreeing to join me. Thank you for having me. It's an honor. Okay. All right. First off, like I do all my guests, I like to ask them to sort of trace the arc of their careers. 
tell me how it is that you wound up where you are today. Where'd you start, where you've been, and how you got where you are? Uh, we don't really have enough time, but I will give you the highlights. Uh, so growing up in and when I was in junior high, high school, I wanted to be a, a commodities trader or stock market trader. I wanted to trade stocks or something like that. I had run a hedge fund. And uh, so I went to uh, USC, uh, University of Southern California, um, got a degree in finance. And then I graduated, went to Chicago, went to the board of options uh, and started trading uh, stock options. And um, this was back in 2001 wasn't the best time in the world for that. We had 9-11 uh, shortly after the markets were going electronic, spreads were narrowing. Um, we had the tech bubble pop. It was just a really bad time. So that didn't really work out. Ended up returning back to uh, California, <clears throat> was a stay-at-home dad for a couple of years. Um, gave me a, a different perspective on, on, on motherhood and women who are raising uh, children at home. And, uh, but my brain honestly was starting to get turned into mush. So I, I, I got involved in some activism, which led to me working for some elected officials. So I was involved in politics for a period of time. And then I was like, you know, this is not really where I want to be. Uh, I got my uh, master's in public administration when I was working for an elected official and some thoughts on going into city management. And uh, it took a little while, but I ended up moving out of state from California to Kansas to um, get back into the public sector. And uh, that's how I end up landing in um, city administration or city management. Okay. That's the short version. That's the short version. And there was one other job I think you held before you became administrator. What was that? Uh, I was a public works director for a brief stint in, in my first job in Kansas. And then I jumped over to being a city administrator. Okay. okay. All right. Great. So that is your story. Um, everybody pretty much has a unique story about how they landed in a city administrator or a city manager chair. I think uh, I think people would be really surprised at how varied the backgrounds are of city managers in this profession. Um, I'm not sure how many of us actually wake up, you know, out of the cradle and say we want to be city managers. So uh, I think we all have an interesting story about how we got here. Yeah, I, I did. It wasn't out of the cradle, but it was. It was. I was in living in Richmond, Virginia, and um, through a city manager search process because their person was retiring and I just followed the news I always when somebody that follows the news closely and I was listening to what they were looking for in candidates and I thought to myself well I could do that and then I just sort of set myself out from that point on to, to get my educational credentials in place and get the right work experiences to be able to move up so so that is um, great. Each one of us gets there in a different way. But when we get there, we find pretty much the same stuff. Yeah, yeah. Um, I will I will say there's some, um, I've only been working in small organizations. So um, everyone says the grass is not always green on the other side. But I got to tell you, there's some unique challenges working in the small communities. And um, and I don't think uh, small town administrators and managers get enough respect for some of those challenges and difficulties that they face because uh, there's some major challenges and difficulties when it comes to running an organization that's um, that lean, that flat, and uh, you have to wear a lot of hats. Yeah, for sure, for sure. Now, tell us again about the International Brotherhood of City Managers. Why did you decide that should be a thing? Well, you know, <clears throat> it's kind of funny. I, I like to, I, 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 I take what I do seriously, but I try not to take myself too seriously. Um, so I'm center right, politically speaking. I've never been a union guy per se. Um, 
And I just thought it was funny and amusing to think that, hey, as city managers, we probably should have a union because we go through a lot of stuff and there's not really anybody out there advocating for us as a professional. Now we have the ICMA, which is the International City County Management Association, which in my view is more of an advocacy group for the profession, but not necessarily for the professional. And I think that the professionals uh, in this uh, business have really been left behind, so to speak, when it comes to the changing dynamics in this profession. I'm talking about compensation, uh, benefits, um, contractual requirements, and so forth and so on. And so I really think things are out of sync in this current marketplace with the way we're compensated, the expectations that people have for us as professionals, and um, how that all shakes out. And so um, you mentioned uh, a little earlier in this interview that you are a big news reader. You read the news, and I'm a I'm a news hound. Um, I wait. I'm addicted to news. Uh, I probably waste too much of my life watching the news, reading the news, um, but. I read a lot of stuff on city managers and the city management profession, and there's just some crazy, bizarre stories out there that catch your attention from my perspective. And so one day I said, you know, I can't be the only one that finds these interesting. So I just decided to start posting them on LinkedIn. And that was back in uh, late August, early September of 2022. And uh, people just started responding to the crazy stories I put up there with my opinions. And so that's, uh, that's how you and I connected. That's how we connect it. Yeah. Um, and it's amazing. You know, LinkedIn is a wonderful platform anyway, because it allows people to meet folks that they otherwise would not. It allows you to stay in touch with people that you may have met at a conference here or there, and you can kind of stay in touch with them and keep up with them forever um, via that platform. Um, you have developed quite a following. I mean, how many folks are following now? Um, I'm, all, I'm up to, I think, 3,300. Um, and I'm, but I, to put that in the context, so my content, as you know, is very niche, very niche focused on just city management stuff. That's basically all I exclusively talk about. I'm not trying to be uh, an influencer for, you know, have 50 you know, million followers or anything like that. That's not my, um, my, my purpose. In fact, I, I, I delete followers and block followers who are not really involved in the profession and things like that, because I want to have my audience tailored to specifically the stuff I'm talking about. Um, and I think what's interesting about LinkedIn is I didn't understand LinkedIn for a long time. I had an account for many years and I just rarely, rarely ever posted and I didn't get it. It just, Janice, it seemed to me like, okay, here we go again today. We're just going to congratulate somebody on a new job or, or, you know, say, Hey, you, you're, you're a rock star, you know, congratulations on the successful post that you're posting or, you know, outcome. And I didn't really get it, honestly. I, I didn't really think much of it. I'm not a rah-rah guy. Um, but what I found was in, the most interesting or thing or aspect about LinkedIn, Janice, from my perspective and the feedback I received is that when I started posting all these stories about these crazy stories about city managers and what they're experiencing and what they're going through, I think I hit a nerve because so many people when you're in this profession, not if you're not in this profession, you don't really understand it. But when you are a city manager and you're involved in city management, you, it's a lonely profession because really in our organization, we are the only person we can talk to. I, I, I'm not going to go complain to a subordinate about what's going on or vent to him about a dynamic with a council member or what have you. I mean, who, who do we go to to talk to about some of our frustrations or challenges that we're facing? And so one of the, the, the reoccurring theme or feedback I would get from um, people who would contact me on LinkedIn was like, hey, it's nice to know I'm not alone. Thank you for putting this stuff out there. 
it's nice to see other people going through this stuff, that kind of um, connection. And I think that's been very powerful. That loneliness at the top is a real, real issue um, because you're right. There's some things that you don't want other folks to know that you're thinking. Um, and it's just, it, it becomes very isolating at times. Um, as you talked about the Brotherhood of City Managers, you mentioned about the need for advocacy for professionals. And I hear more and more of that. One of the areas where there is truly, I think, a lack of concern, a lack of understanding relates to compensation for managers. I mean, people will look at, you know, somebody got a contract for 200,000 or 250 or 300, you know, whatever the number is. And they'll say, well, they're supposed to be public servants. Why are they making that much money? And it can become very controversial in communities when they see how much a manager is being paid. Um, can you talk some about now being on the side, you haven't been in the private sector and now in the public sector, how you view the compensation piece? Well, it's fascinating because I used to work for elected officials and was involved in some activism. And so I can sit here and tell you, Janice, to your face, I was the guy throwing bombs against public sector managers and saying, oh, they're way overpaid and, and what have you. I, I, I'll own it. I've been on both sides. My life is surreal in this respect because um, I've been the individual at council meetings speaking at public comments and railing against the city council for decisions that they're making or what have you. And now um, I'm sitting in the city manager's chair and I have to listen to the the citizens rail against me or rail against the city or, or whatnot. Um, so I've been on both sides. Um, let's talk about compensation in, in a broad context, right? So what I find fascinating is that these cities that are being run, first of all, government is more complex now than it's ever been. Um, there's so many different layers of government, um, different entities, different, um, um, whether it's a special district, whether it's a school district, whether it's a waste management district, all these different things. Um, government's so much more complex now than it's ever been. Now, these organizations that are being run, um, it's not uncommon for a city manager to run an organization that has, you know, 2,000 employees, a budget of, you know, 600, uh, $600 million. I mean, half, you know, half a billion dollars. These are big, gigantic companies, corporations. They're municipal corporations, but they're, they're corporations. And so it's very fascinating to me that people think that um, someone's just supposed to, one, work for free or work for substandard wages when they can go into the private sector and earn a lot more. Um, yes, we're public servants and we're not motivated by the dollar, but we didn't take a vow of poverty either. And I think the public needs to understand that if you want to have talented, competent people running your city, right, who are handling your tax dollars that you work hard to invest in your government because you want to have services provided to you, then you should want to pay individuals who are competent a marketable competitive salary so you're attracting talented people into the public sector. Because if you're just relying on people to do the job for the, the um, out of kindness for humanity, I mean, okay, that's all fine and good. But the reality is, is not only has the public sector changed so dramatically in, when it comes to city management over the last, I would say, 20 years, but hyper, hyper change in the last 10 years, um, the challenges and risks that we face as city managers has risen exponentially. 
And so, I mean, I could just talk about even just something as simple as being in the public domain and having your whole um, professional career and personal life basically being subject for public disclosure and discussion. Um, whether it's like people want to talk about your kids, people want to basically talk about you in a personal level because they have the spotlight on you and everything gets so heated and so partisan and so divisive. Um, most, most CEOs of private corporations don't have anywhere near the spotlight or the, um, the hostility directed at them from people who are upset or, or malcontents and whatnot. And so I really think that people need to understand that getting into city management is a lot of risk. Um, there's a lot of challenges. It's a very volatile profession and it's unrealistic to expect talented people to take on those risks and that abuse and that exposure and put their families through that experience when they can make significantly more money in the private sector with less risk and fewer challenges. Does that make sense? Obviously, to me, it makes all the sense in the world. <clears throat> it makes a lot of sense. And I also think about the skill set required to do it well. Um, part of my consulting practice involves executive search. And I have been talking to the, the last week I've spent talking to elected officials in a certain community that will remain nameless. Um, but I'm listening to their elected officials talk about everything they expect from their city manager. And then they'll say it all. And then they'll say, yeah, I guess the person needs to walk on water. But they don't want to pay them like they walk on water. Right. You know, right. you want somebody that is skilled at media relations because they're yes. going to be a bunch of interviews you got to do. Um, you want somebody that understands numbers and budgets because one of the primary responsibilities of the position is putting together a recommended budget and, yes, and executing that budget. Um, you want somebody who has a deft touch with the public because you don't want them to be disrespectful or rude to your citizens. You want somebody that has the emotional intelligence to deal with employee issues. Um, and I'm just getting started. That's just yes. a few of the characteristics required. You know, many times they have to be quote unquote tough disciplinarians because there are issues happening in your city hall um, that um, require consistency and all that sort of stuff. So um, it's just a, an endless list of things that you need to be able to do well in order to effectively be a city manager. Yes, absolutely. And, and I, I like it, I, I often say we basically walk through minefields every day wearing a blindfold because um, there are so many ways that we can get tripped up and that we can get hurt uh, through no fault of our own. I mean, when you, I, I can't imagine running an organization, for example, it's got a half a billion dollar budget and 2000 employees. Um, as a city manager, you're literally gonna be held accountable for the actions of every individual in that organization. And um, the question is gonna be, you know, why didn't you do something sooner? Why didn't you know about this? Um, yada, yada, yada. Um, it's very fascinating to me um, what people expect from a city manager and what they're willing to pay in compensation. You know, when you're a city manager running an organization with a half a billion dollar budget and 2000 employees, we are literally held responsible for every action of those employees because uh, everyone's gonna wonder, why didn't you know about this? Or why weren't you on top of this? Or why didn't you act sooner? And we can't be everywhere. Um, there's no such thing as a day off for a city manager. Even when you're on vacation, 
you're you're going to be getting calls, you're going to be getting emails. Uh, it, it, it's it's a challenging occupation, but the reason why people do it, at least the reason why I do it, and I think I speak for a lot of folks, is that we enjoy bringing positive value to the citizens who fund the government. My joy and satisfaction of being a city manager is bringing a private sector mentality where my viewpoint is, it is my job to return value to my shareholders. And my shareholders are the tax paying citizens who get up every day to go to work, to pay taxes. And they deserve to have a city manager who is competent and passionate about delivering results. And that's to me, what motivates me to get up every day and be a city manager. And so, yeah, there's all these challenges and frustrations. There's days I hate this job, I'm not gonna lie. Um, there's days that I find this job very frustrating and wonder why the hell I'm doing it. Uh, because I know I can make more money someplace else. Um, but I really do enjoy the idea of making government more efficient and providing these valuable services uh, to residents. And the funny part is, Janice, and every city manager will tell you this, most city, res most city residents and taxpayers have no clue what we're doing behind the scenes, what value we're adding, the things that we're making happen on their behalf. And it really is a thankless job because, you know, it ain't often that people come to you and say, hey, great job, city manager. We're really happy that you uh, saved us money on this project or that you completed this project. Generally speaking, it's going to be complaints and, and upset residents because they're upset about something and they, they want to blame you or hold you responsible. Yeah, <laughs> I will say I, I will say um, a little bit different in my experience and perhaps is maybe the unique nature of the communities in which I have worked. Um, I have gotten a fair amount of thank yous or out of girls, you know, when I'm, in the grocery I'm happy store. for you. <laughs> yeah, I have, you know, people walk up and say, hey, we see, you know, y'all got a problem with issue X. And I like the, the recommendations that you're putting forward to do that. Um, or or even, even if it's not that specific, I have had folks come up and say, hey, I just really appreciate the way that you look out for us as citizens. So I will say it's not all lost on uh, on them sometimes, but they do have to watch very, very carefully then. But also I've seen on the other side of the coin, uh, those that aren't going to be satisfied regardless of what you do. I mean, yes. we're, we're all just a group of bumbling bureaucrats. Yep. And you know, we're all idiots and nothing we ever do is going to meet their approval or satisfaction. Very true. Yeah. Um, in terms of the day-to-day -day responsibilities, we did talk about, you know, some of the obvious things, putting together a budget, supervising employees. One of the other things that I actually enjoyed the most was making policy recommendations to, to the council or the commission uh, when there's a difficult issue to deal with is saying, hey, you know, there's a better way to do this and let staff get with you to let, get together and come up with a series of recommendations to address, you know, whatever that particular problem issue is. Um, and those are the, that's the type of policy wonkish <laughs> sort of stuff that I really enjoy about the job is, just kind of figuring out better ways to provide services, as you indicate. I mean, folks are working to pay us to deliver services. And so, you know, we're forcibly collecting taxes and fees from right. people. Um, what is your favorite aspect of the job, as I say that? Um, 
My favorite aspect of the job is twofold. One is I'm a finance guy and I do enjoy numbers and budgets and playing around with the numbers and, and trying to um, pinch the pennies and save the dollars and, and, and make sure things are, are operating very smoothly in that regard. Um, I do take great pride in having a long-term perspective and uh, doing things the right way, not taking shortcuts uh, financially. Um, secondarily to that, I really enjoy being able to implement innovative and creative ideas that maybe have not been pursued before in local government. Um, I consider myself to be a pretty innovative and creative person. Um, uh, I'm a pretty I'm a pretty uh, hardcore person, Janice. So it's like, if I got to get from point A to point B, I'm going to get to point B. It might not be in a straight line and I might have to go up to point C, D, E, F, and G to get there before I get to B, but I'm going to get to point B. And so um, I'm kind of like a rabid dog in that regard. And I enjoy, um, I enjoy seeing challenges to the finish line too, if that makes sense. So. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense is getting stuff to the finish line. Um, and that's one of the things you see in many organizations, they can't get anything done. They yeah. can't finish anything. And, you know, what's the reason getting in and figuring out what's the reason for that and how, how to get you from, you know, 50% complete to 100% complete is yeah. an excellent challenge. And, and, and I would say if I'm being honest in my own self-assessment is I'm definitely more of a bigger picture thinker than uh, the details as far as a lot of the minutia of the day-to-day -day work. And I think that's also per, for me personality wise and, and um, it makes it kind of frustrating working in a small, small, a small town, small government organization. Uh, because when you're a city manager in that environment, you are forced to deal with a lot of minutia that most city managers and larger organizations are not required to deal with. And um, that is something I've had, you know, I've only been in city management now for about four years. Uh, and so that's, that's a, that's a self-realization that I've had, like, you know, I'm kind of ready to move on to a larger organization and, and put my, I think my talents and my skills where I can add real value at the higher level macro level uh, projects um, into play. So I think that's something that um a lot of city managers maybe need to take stock of too is the being self-aware of what their strengths are and what their weaknesses are and and how they can uh, put themselves in a better position to succeed. You know, you hit on something when you start thinking about thinking long-term. Uh, I too am somebody that typically plays the long game with everything, but that's the complete opposite of how most elected officials work. No, and you know, I, don't, I hope I didn't step on you there, Janice, but I will say that that's the interesting thing about this profession right now, too, is that what we're seeing, in my opinion, and I don't have any hardcore data to back this up, just this is more anecdotal in my observations, is you're seeing the lifespan of the city manager get compressed because it's becoming a much more volatile profession, right? So city managers are coming in, they're getting hired, they're getting fired, they're leaving within two, three, four, five years, right? And so we're heading on this really dangerous path because what's happening is <clears throat> we are not incentivizing long-term thinking on the part of city managers because the city manager is not gonna be there to deal with the consequences of the decisions that were made during their tenure because they're gonna be punching out or, or they're gonna be you know, fired or what have you. And so it's kind of like you're seeing this uh, Wall Streetification, if you will, of the public sector. At least I think that's the inadvertent consequence of this where as Wall Street's focused on the next quarter's results and yada, 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 
Um, we're seeing this rinse repeat situation where you hire a city manager, they make, you know, I'm going to be very simplistic here, right? I'm not saying this is how, this is a, a, a crude sort of generalization. So please bear with me audience, but you know, city manager comes in a new town, uh, he or she's the new, you know, shining knight on the horse and they're going to save the day. And, you know, the last city manager was an idiot, didn't know what they're doing. This city manager, you know, you're the new person, you're going to make all these great changes and you're going to save the day. And then three years later, you're gone because you got fired by a new council. And then the next city manager comes in and says, oh, the last person didn't know what they were doing and we're going to save the day. And there's really no accountability, long-term accountability in these metrics anymore. And so I really have some concerns about the profession and where it's going in that regard. I hope you enjoyed our conversation. And unfortunately, it was too long for me to make our 30 minute limit for the podcast, but it is available in its entirety on our channel. To find our YouTube channel, please go to YouTube's Local Matters Podcast of Georgia, and uh, it will be there for you. And while you're there, please subscribe. Please join Local Matters next week. Our guest is Daryl Roll, who will discuss the Neighborhood Leadership Institute. Thanks so much for being a part of the Local Matters family. I close with my favorite Bible verse from 2 Timothy chapter 1, verse 7. For God hath not given us the spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. This show is designed to contribute to each of those, giving you the power that comes with knowledge, demonstrating love for your local community, and offering you wisdom for decision-making so that you possess a sound mind when it comes to these topics. Please tune in next Wednesday at 1.30 p.m. here on WKZK, 1600 AM, 103.7 FM, and WKZK.net because local matters.